what pops up a beer or a cold libation Let me tell you how I wrote this little theme I went and took a call from brother Jason And he tells me that he has a little dream He says he needs a backwards intro to begin his podcast And I ask him what you got He said I'll start off with some talking And some moody clips of popcorn fighting Fantasy explorations and some groundness exploitation Kickstarts that I'm watching and some blind unboxing Full month horror movie marathon Sometimes I'll let the dogs come on Contest and of course you know it's all about games I said slow down let's just start with the name It's the Nerds RPG Variety Podcast With the other Jason Welcome back to Nerds RPG Variety Cast Today I've got an unboxing And I have Some calls For previous episodes both before the ba- the last episode, of course, the last episode was our bad movie contest winner, where I played all the entries, and Taylor from Cleric Square Ringmail joined me as a guest host. If you haven't listened to my last episode, I know it's an hour and a half, but it's well worth it. But some of these calls come from episodes before that as well. I, a couple notes I meant to say during that bad movie contest. The winner of that, which was random, not objective, but... The winner was BJ with the movie Conquest, and I somehow failed to mention the fact the bow used in Conquest isn't a normal bow, of course. It's effectively the bow that you see in the D&D cartoon, that energy bow that shoots out the, the bolts of light. That's effectively what this bow is in Conquest. Um, Conquest, I want to say, came out right around the same time as the D&D cartoon. I I don't I don't think Conquest influenced the cartoon, but I think possibly maybe there were ideas of the cartoon floating out there that they latched onto for the movie, or maybe they just came out independently. I don't know. The other comments I want to make just quick errata here. Um, when Spencer was talking about Laser Blast and Roddy McDowell, I meant to pipe in about another little movie that Roddy McDowell effectively has a cameo in that I think is well worth checking out. It's an absolute hoot. If nothing out, check out the trailer, which will be in the show notes, and that's Shockma. If you haven't seen Shockma, at least watch the trailer. Uh, I miss said Herschel Gordon Lewis's name. I apologize about that. Andy Goodman did say it correctly. And then Andy also talked about Russ Meyer. I'm not going to delve into Russ Meyer today. Um, I'll put it not safe for work on any episode I delve into that. But I'm curious, out of my listeners, if you have not ever heard of Russ Meyer, or if Andy mentioning him last episode was the first time you heard the name Russ Meyer, call in and let me know, or send me a message and let me know. You know, send you can send me an email, whatever. But let me know if you if you if you're not familiar with Russ Meyer. I'm curious. First order of business. I'm placing calls from BJ the Arcane Alienist podcast. He was the winner of the contest. Um, yeah, so, so let me play his calls first. Hey, Jason, it's BJ. I can't believe I forgot to mention the werewolves in my description of Conquest. Um, it's actually been quite a number of years since I watched it, so it may have some merits that I overlooked or might appreciate if I go back and watch it again. Um I don't actually, I guess I'd have to stream it. I, the only reason I'm even aware of it is, believe it or not, my grandmother got it for me. 
<laughs> on VHS when I was a teenager because she knew I liked fantasy and stuff like that. So, um, and you know, the outside cover of the the box that it came in was pretty tame, so I don't think she realized that it was, you know, had those kind of exploitation qualities um, in its content. So, uh, otherwise, she never would have gotten it for me. <laughs> But anyway, um, hey, I won the contest. Imagine that. So what I would say is if um, – just take the $20. I'm going to pull a Colin uh, <clears throat> and just say uh, take that $20 and, and donate it to that charity along with anything else you've sent them. Um, unless for some reason you've got, like, credit with drive through RPG you need to get rid of. Um, but – and if so, let me know and I'll I'll give you – I'll give you my email address to send that to. But otherwise, just just give it to the kids. I, I <laughs> I've had a, the the fortune to work with some kids like that in my life and my job away from gaming and podcasting, and I know what a, a challenge it could be to to be a young adult who was never given the life skills that that they needed to uh, to be ready, and they're kind of feeling their own. So yeah, anything to help people who are struggling. He kind of cut himself off there at that second call, but that's okay. BJ, thank you so much for doing that. I don't have any kind of credit with drive through. I was just, you know, it's out of my pocket, but I'm happy to give that. So that's another $25. So out of this contest, we we put $50, or at least I put $50 towards Forgotten Angels. That link's in the show notes, folks. Go check it out. Again, Forgotten Angels is a charity where they take kids that have aged out of the foster system and you know they're given life skills they didn't get in um, deficient foster homes not saying all foster homes are bad there are plenty of foster parents out there doing the the good fight but there are also some dirtbags out there that are false do the foster thing just to get money from the state so this is helping those kids in that latter category but yeah thank you so much bj hopefully some other folks will go and you know chuck some money that way and like I say, even if you don't want to do it out of the, you know, goodness of your heart, there's a raffle for a Harley there. So you, you could always win a Harley. And, and all those raffle tickets, that Harley was donated to to that charity. So 100% of all those raffle ticket sales do go to the charity. None of that goes back to the Harley deal or anything like that. So that said, let's get to an unboxing. Unboxing. I have a box from Lightning Source. Um, it is... Uh, this is a 75-inch, 65-pound weight box. Um, I should measure it, but we know it's books. So it's the size of big books. And as you can hear, I'm not even having to use the Swiss Army knife to get it open. So what is in here? I have a good guess what's in here because I kind of know what books I ordered. But let's see. This is, I think, the remainder of the order I did when, you know, there were upping the price of things. So we've got, I used the print on demand code. So when I backed the newest edition, the second edition of Hero's Journey, they also sent you a, a code for printing at price for adventures and interludes, a supplement for that, um, which of course I had on PDF, but I went ahead and printed that as well as I was doing an order. And then we have, Blade of the Iron Throne, which 
does not seem to be bound very well, actually. Huh. I am not at all impressed with this. In fact, I'm not at all. I'm not impressed at all. It's not bound for crap. The the pages aren't even attached to the. The only thing that's attached to the thing are the glue on the on the, the inside and outside cover, and even that's not attached very well. I'm gonna get this thing replaced. That's a shame. Um, yeah, so I got the color edition of um, Blade of the Iron Throne, but hardcover, which is a game that Arlen's keeps threatening to run. Well, his hack of it is known as Bone Crunch, but I'm, I'm going to have to get that replaced. I, I also got a soft cover of Strange Adventures on Other Worlds, Realms Beyond the Ferrisphere, or Perisphere, which is a sword and sword planet supplement for Blade of the Iron Throne. Um, that one looks like it came out okay. And then we have a couple other books here. Um, we have a hard copy of Iron Sworn, and we have a hard copy of Iron Sworn Delve, which is kind of like a, a dungeon crawl supplement for Iron Sworn. So there we go. That is what I have in this unboxing. Um, the Iron Sworn products look fine. Um, there's plenty of reviews of Iron Sworn out there. It's a solo RPG system. I, you can do a co-op too. Um, and, and I think you could actually do it. Um, so it looks like all these books, maybe, maybe I'm being harsh here. So maybe on all these books, the only thing that holds them, these hardcovers, is the glue on the inside and out on the inside and outside cover. And maybe that's it. Cause there's nothing when you talk about like the spine here and the center pages, neither the iron sworn books are attached in the center either. What a friggin' ripoff. Um, and looking at the copy of elder Chales I got not too long ago. It's the same thing. It wasn't so obvious. The reason it's so obvious one, I'm buying soft covers from now on. That's how they're printing these things. Um, the, well, I'm probably not getting any books, hard copies from drive through anymore if I can help it. But the reason it's so obvious with Blade of the Iron Throne is that this book is um, many pages long, 373 pages long to the end of the index. And the glue on the back cover isn't very good. So the body of the book is just flopping. Yeah, this is kind of kind of shite. Oh well, man, the cover of Iron Sworn is dinged up too. Now that I look at it, one of the one of the corners is all bent up. Yeah, this is crap. If they'll um send me another copy of Lady of the Iron Throne, since it's like a sixty dollar book or something crazy like that, I'll I'll get that. But aside from that. Yeah, I don't see I don't see myself ordering stuff from Lightning Source anymore. I've had better sources of Lulu. Oh, I paid fifty five for Blade of the Iron Throne color edition because it was on on sale, I guess. I don't know. Still crap. Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Maybe it's your auntie or a joke by your spouse, but the operator's screaming is coming from inside the house.
First up is Carl Rodriguez, who is going to talk about one of Spike Pitt, Colin Green's calls in a previous episode where he kind of mentioned that it might be a good idea if, or maybe he doesn't say it would be a good idea. He said it would be interesting if instead of, or in addition to looking for complex rules to simulate sword fighting and all, if people got out and experienced, you know, sword fighting or experienced these physical activities, canoeing, mountain climbing, hiking, you know, and experience some of these activities in real life. Hey, Jason, Carl here. Colin's, Colin reminded me of one of my favorite movies that has SEA type stuff, you know, LARPing or whatever, and that is Role Models with Paul Rudd and the guy from American Pie, uh, Sean William Scott. But uh, there's some other people in there as well that are pretty good actors, actresses. I think uh, who else is in that one that has been in a lot of stuff? Jane Lynch is in that, right? So I think it's it's just a funny movie and how it incorporates um, SEA, LARPing, whatever. And my favorite part, of course, is at the end when, spoiler alert, I'm sure no one's ever going to watch this movie anyway when Paul Rudd and the gang dress up as Kiss for their as part of their SCA team I'm so glad you mentioned Elder's Tale by Joe Salvador I really enjoyed playing it and running it although I'm torn as much as I like the product when I run Call of Cthulhu I'll just use Call of Cthulhu however another Joe Salvador project that I'd love to run is from Hyperborea and that is Forgotten Fane of the Coiled Goddess so it kind of takes place in a other subcontinent of Hyperborea. You go through some rainstorm or mist, and you end up in the continent of Lemuria, not barbarians of Lemuria, but Lemuria. And it's, I guess it has an Asian-type theme, and maybe it'll expand upon it in this third edition of Hyperborea. I think it would be pretty cool if they did. But it's a really neat-looking product, and Joe does great work. And, um, yeah, let's play Hyperborea more. I don't know why we don't. Of course, that's Carl Rodriguez, the Geomologist Presents. Role Models is a great movie. I like that a lot myself. That is not representative of the SCA, the Society of Creative Anachronism, and any members of that would be very offended by you comparing the SCA to LARPing. As a former member of the SCA, I will only say that they are closer than the society members would like to admit, but to their defense... In most cases, role models is quite a bit more ridiculous. The society, the group shown in role models, is quite a bit sillier than what you see in the actual SCA. In in most cases, as far as Joe Salvador goes, and Raven Guy Games, and Eldritch Tales, I can't say enough great things. Like I said during the review, wonderful guy. What I've I've played in his some of his games with him as a GM and he's been in my games before. He's a great player. If you ever get to either play in his game or have him play in your game, jump on it and check his products out. They're all really great. Speaking of Hyperborea, there's a interview with the creator Jeff on YouTube. It's about an hour, thirteen minutes long. It's well worth listening to. Some great stuff in there, including why you shouldn't fudge dice rolls. And you shouldn't complain as a GM when players one-shot your big bad. 
as well as other wonderful gaming philosophy. Link in the show notes. Hey Jason, Daniel from Bandit's Keep calling in on episode 222, because how can you not call in on episode 222? Uh, but also I thought you called my name, but in fact you were just saying double rations, which was actually my my nickname in high school. Um, I'll let you figure out why. Daniel, I'm going to say it is because you had a fast metabolism and no matter how much you ate, you didn't gain any weight. Yo, dude, I was really bummed to have to miss that game that TJ was running. Uh, I, I really plan on getting into one of those as soon as I can, <clears throat> for sure. It sounded like an awesome time. But yeah, you mentioned how reading the advice section in games like Dungeon World and reading about failing forward won't make you a worse DM. I would say, in fact, it would make you, or anyone who reads it, a better DM. Just gives you another tool to add to your toolkit. Nobody's saying you need to do it all the time, but why limit yourself and not have it as an option? And it's, I mean, failing forward and that kind of stuff, it's a natural progression from ruling over rules. Ruling over rules is all about being like, oh yeah, what the hell, you can do that. Sure, that'll work. Or no, it actually works like this. That's just a natural, that is failing forward in some cases. Anyway, dudes, peace out. Of course, that was Joe Richter, the Hindsightless podcast and GM of the best Pathfinder 2 podcast ever, actual play podcast. And in fact, the first Pathfinder 2 actual play podcast and still the best, Wheel or Woe, which is currently on a hiatus. Check both those out. Joe, I sometimes my humor doesn't come across my dry humor, and sometimes I use phrasing that's not as clear as it should be. So we're actually on the same page here. When I said, you, you know, you would not be worse off by reading Dungeon World, what I meant was you should go read the rules for Dungeon World because it'll make you a better DM. So that was bad phrasing on my part. Okay, we're going to move on to some calls that have to do with the bad movie contest. And these first couple calls have to do with Joe had talked about a movie that he couldn't remember the name of that had Martin Short as a baby, or what he thought was Martin Short as a baby. So we have Barney and Taylor who believe they know what movie Joe was talking about. Jason, I reckon that Joe is talking about that movie with Fred Savage and Judge Reinhold, but I can't remember the name of it. Barney, I believe the movie you're thinking of is 1988's Vice Versa, actually based on a 19th century novel, believe it or not. Um, But I'm not sure that's the one he's looking for. Joe, of course, will have to call and tell us for sure. But I think that Taylor actually found the movie that Joe's talking about. But we'll come back to Barney here in a minute. But before we finish Barney's calls, I'm going to play Taylor's message where he identifies what he believes the movie Joe was talking about is. Clifford, released April 1st, 1994. Clifford is a slapstick comedy directed by Paul Flaherty. Uh, It stars Martin Short as Clifford Daniels, a mischievous 10-year-old boy who later becomes a priest in uh, the year 2050. 
Uh, looks like it has a 13% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and Roger Ebert gave it one half star out of four, saying, This movie is so odd, it's almost worth seeing just because we'll never see anything like it again, I hope. So, I think that's probably the film Joe is remembering. Peace out. After reviewing the trailer, I kind of think that Clifford is what Joe was probably talking about. But Joe, call in, let us know. Hi, Jason. The first thing I want to say is about Zardoz. Zardoz is a difficult movie on lots of levels. But the mascara makeup, I think, is deliberate. I think, I think, I think he knows what he's doing on that one. And um, personally, I think Excalibur is absolute rubbish. Um, I don't know if you've watched it lately, but it is just, I just think it's not good. I don't think it's good. Point Blank is good. Uh, Exorcist 2, I think, is good in a bad way, but I think it's good. I think it's got something. Um... Zardoz, I think, is good, but Excalibur, no, and he's, you know, he's, he drops, drops the ball a lot. Barney, I'm glad you brought this up. You know, the one, I, I don't agree with you. I, I do believe that Excalibur is the greatest fantasy film ever made, but not, maybe not, you know, because I separate fantasy from sword and sorcery. Um, but, but that said, I'm glad you brought this up. Because there was a John Borman film, the other John Borman film I would consider a, a great film, and, and you know Point Blank. I just I, I need to revisit Point Blank, but the other film I forgot he made for some reason it just doesn't click that he's the director of it. That's a great film is Deliverance, you know Burt Reynolds and Ned Beatty and you, you know um, that that's a John Borman you know um, gig Deliverances. And, um, yeah, great, great movie. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up so I could point out that, you know, the other good movie that Borman did is, is Deliverance. And I'll revisit Point Blank so I can give an honest assessment of that. Second thing is, I don't think I can agree with Taylor on the innovation of Battlefield Earth because I think it's Predator that that nails the dreadlocked alien and John Travolta isn't as scary as a predator. Wait a minute. You don't find nine or ten foot tall John Travolta wearing an oversized cod piece, scary as heck? You are a tougher man than me, Barney Becker. As far as Predator goes, though, I agree with you. And I was kind of thinking that last night when we were recording. But, you know, I, I was drinking some beers and and I didn't want to alienate Taylor either, because let's be honest, he made he helped make that podcast great because Taylor is a great co-host. And I was very lucky that he joined me on that. So so I didn't want to contradict him there. But I, I agree with you. You know, Predator definitely is what started the dreadlock thing. And you know what? Barney and I weren't the only ones thinking Predator. That charity that you mentioned, Jason, is awesome. That is uh, the Forgotten Angels charity I'm talking about. 
that age group is an extremely overlooked section of our society. Uh, it, it works the same way with disability. There's a lot of support for disability for kids and for adults. But from that 18, you know, to 25, 30 year old time period, there's not a lot of support for people that aren't already in a good position. And that's uh, honestly, that's one of the reasons I got into the field of work that I am dealing with elderly because there you think there would be, but there's really not a lot of support for the elderly either. So good job for supporting an awesome charity, man. Peace out. Dude, Jason, that was an awesome episode. Your bad movie episode was so much fun to listen to. I don't think you could have found a better host, co-host, I should say. Taylor did an amazing job. I just need to correct a couple of his things. He talked about how, I believe it was Battlefield Earth, was the birth of the Dreadlock Zombies. And I'd have to point him to uh, Predator, the original Predator, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. That the Predator has awesome dreadlocks. And as far as my knowledge, that is the birth of dreadlock aliens. And another mistake, um, when I was talking about a boring system to play a boring movie like Masters of the Universe, he suggested Pathfinder. But I said boring, so I was thinking something more like original D&D or something like that. You know, something boring. Peace out. (laughs) Okay, folks, that's the show. Tomorrow, I'll have another shortish episode where I've got a number of calls from Arlen Walker, reference failing forward, possibly closing that discussion, unless, of course, some of you folks want to call in and further discuss it. And I'm also going to talk about one of his other podcasts, and we're going to talk about whether Rule Zero is actually abusive and sets up a bad relationship between the GM and the players. So look forward to that tomorrow. Take care, folks. Talk to you soon. Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? your auntie or a joke about your spouse but the operator's screaming it's coming from inside the house what's in the box what's in the box what's in the box what's in the box well the audience is pretty sure he took a pretty head and the only question left is if I fiddle shoot him dead bring on the gold bring on the gold I want some more bring on the there is a dustman in your moil's by the tipper And I'm assuming that your partner back there in the wood chipper Don't look away Don't look away Don't look away Don't look away Well the zombies are rising and the world is gone to hell We're living for the dying and we're dying for the train wreck